Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. Todd's found a video on his phone and... What's going on in there? <laughs> this is why we can't Oops. have nice things. I know, I'll leave it alone now. <laughs> Tonight uh, we are joined by a very considerable number of us crammed into this room, all COVID safe, absolutely. Um, we absolutely. have five of us. We have Ash. Hello. We have Todd. Hello. We have Brett. Hey. We have Adam. Hello. And we have Gus. Hello. And uh, we don't have Scott, because, uh, well, let's face it, we don't want to let him in, really. We had enough as it is. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> right to the point. <laughs> so uh, tonight we've got, uh, we've got other members of our fire family in, um, because we are going to discuss the Christie Mountain Fire that kicked off uh, a few days ago. We had, we've had crew out on it for um, basically a lot of the following days after that. We were set to go back on Saturday, but they, uh, they actually cancelled us and they kind of broke stuff down because it's, um, it's changed. But we want to talk a little bit about how it kicked off, um, what was there, what we did, and uh, all the, the things that we got up to. So, uh, Todd, how about first we get you to give us a little bit of a rundown of the actual details of the fire. Sure. So, uh, August 19th, uh, the fire started and it was, uh, just north of Okanagan Falls on the uh, east side of Skaha Lake and it moved very rapidly. Um, but initially they started calling out for mutual aid resources and in total that night they had 61 pieces of apparatus with a total of 143 firefighters involved. Uh, since then, of course, they've scaled it down, but, uh, the initial, the 19th when all you guys started arriving that's when they were worried with the, all the structures so they mobilized a lot of apparatus for the structure protection units and um, started setting up their lines and wet guards yeah i think uh <clears throat> it was smart of them to to call everyone in as, as quick as possible because uh even when we were rolling in it seemed like there were still crews that were arriving so and they were arriving from everywhere like we were hearing calls from all across um, but let's, uh, Ash, do you want to talk a little bit about um, kind of the when we were called and kind of how that all kicked off? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, obviously we were aware of it before we were called. Um, there was actually uh, the Christie Mountain Fire and then one uh, just stateside. So we were kind of looking north and south of us, seeing what uh, what what was maybe going to you know pop off in our, our area first. Both, both of those are a mutual aid department. So on the 19th, uh, we did get a uh, call out. Uh, lucky for me, I was working late at work, which means that I got to the hall fast, which never happens at nighttime. So um, we got to the hall um, and kind of waited for a bit more instruction, what what was going to happen, what we were going to take, what they needed. Um, but we assembled as a crew pretty pretty quickly, uh, got an engine ready to go. Uh, and, uh, yeah, once the uh, chief gave us the go-ahead, we responded to Okanagan Falls. And we met at their fire hall. And again, waiting for deployment there, which came pretty short, shortly afterwards. Yeah, I think the, again, like, we're all, our department, we're, we're very lucky. We talk about it a lot, where everyone fights to get on the truck. It's not, like, a, it's not a challenge to get people to turn up. It's, it's not difficult for those types of things for the majority, but... Everyone wanted to get on there, and we just turned out to be the lucky few that managed to yeah. get that first track. So you got something? Uh, yeah. So just to kind of paint the picture a bit more for those picture for those fires is we had a big lightning storm come through. Um, that was the night before, wasn't mm-hmm. it? And initially, there wasn't a lot of reported strikes actually down south, but we were there more up north by about two hours. And uh, the brother-in-law actually he was doing some night flying with that um, thermal imaging camera they have on the floor and stuff on the chopper that we spoke about in the previous episodes. He was up there with the superintendent, and there was nothing really setting anything off. And then next thing you know, all these unreported strikes just started up, and we had that good wind, and it blew up real fast. Mm-hmm. And just to paint the picture of why we're talking about this tonight is 
because currently the fire is sitting at 2,035 hectares as well. So it's still still growing, but the winds have helped a little bit in that direction. Yeah. And even that night, actually, we, we got lucky. We'll get to it, but the winds have been on our side, it seems, for the majority of this since it started. Um, so, yeah, let's, uh, let's have a little chat. So, obviously, we managed, we managed to get him. Um, so, we had Gus is the driver. Then we had Ash as the officer. And then uh, we had Brett, Adam, and myself tucked away in the back and uh, the whole way there. And it, we've obviously, you know, a lot of people that listen to this are obviously firefighters. And everyone understands the feeling when you're going towards something which is big and you can see it from the road from your own town and it's like a town and a half away. Everyone was excited. Regardless, obviously, of all the other things that are going on, people obviously have been evacuated at this point. And we feel for that, obviously. But the excitement you get when you know that you're going to do something, which is important for one, but you're going to work to do the thing that you've been training to do. Well, let's just say the truck was uh, happy <laughs> on the journey. So, um, yeah, cool. Yeah, so I always say something back at the hall for our area. You know, I hate for somebody's house to burn down. I hate for somebody to be in an accident. But if somebody was going to be in an accident... I'm happy that it's us that gets to go and deal with it, right? So on this instance, A, I'm happy that they called us out. And B, I know I said it a bunch of times on the night of the fire and the uh, following nights, but I couldn't have been more proud of the crew that we had going there. And even on our way, like, I would be happy with anybody from our hall getting in that truck. But looking back and, you know, knowing that I had these, these guys here that are with us tonight, it was an amazing crew, and I knew, like, anything that I asked, it was going to get done, and we were going to work our asses off and get it done. So, I mean, it was a really happy feeling <laughs> from all of us as we were responding. There was a lot of, like, can't really, like, high-five in a fire truck from the front front to back, but there was a lot of, a lot of like, build-up for sure that we were all really excited to, to go and try to make, make a difference. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely one of the longest fire call rides, you know, to a big, huge mushroom cloud event that, you know, you see from 40k away, no, 30k away or whatnot. But yeah, it definitely gets the adrenaline going and gets you amped up when you're sitting there and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you're basically going to the show for that night. Yeah. And Looks pretty like much that that yeah, happened, you know, 15 minutes after we showed up to OK Falls, we going mm-hmm. right into the top road at the highest elevation. Dead end cul-de-sac, one way out, switch back after switch back to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, egress was a real piece of shit. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you want to talk about all of the apparatus that was rolling in there. I mean, we were pretty early on scene where we were, which Adam says it was like up at the top. Like it was going to be one of the first points of contact coming towards all, all, all these structures. Mm-hmm. And all of our way up there, okay, there's switch back, switch back, like... A lane and a half kind of a road like two fire trucks would have a real tough time pa- passing each other in some of the spots like it wasn't the best situation the right it was it was pretty tight so um when you're driving up into it and you know the smoke's get, getting thicker and like you can you know the further you go you can smell it in the air you can you can see this big this big cloud just pluming up in front of you the glow is now starting to become closer and closer we're like yeah this is the shit and we're about to get after it and, um i mean we were yeah we were amped <laughs> well, clearly the instant commander picked you guys and sent you to that sketchy area because of the handlebar mustaches i <laughs> think it was yeah why would you a firefighter with a mustache like that you're getting picked you know what you're doing <laughs> these guys are grizzled to get him in there <laughs> we got super lucky with where we were stationed Mm-hmm. Um, where they where they placed us at that the top of that cul-de-sac, it was kind of the the hot spot where uh, things really kicked off. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, uh, so, Gus, you were you were driving. Yep. So we ended up getting you. What we backed up that hill, right? Yeah, we backed up a two hundred foot driveway, um, right right to the edge of the forest there. Deploying two and a half inch off the side at the same time. Yep. 
off the tailboard. Well, it was a pretty good light for sure. It was yeah. Yeah, backwards. I don't think I've ever run a backwards light. It was a true reverse light. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Yeah. Going backwards, flaking it off the side of the track. Yeah. It was pretty impressive. Yeah, it was an interesting tactic, but hey, it worked fantastic. Yeah, By the time we got to the top, we had enough length there. Um, and uh, we, we connected in and we were pretty much good to go. It felt mm-hmm. a little lackluster at the beginning there. We didn't really have a lot of pressure, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. You had time to form it and activate <coughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that, uh, that initial kind of get up the hill, get set. And then, uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about our initial setup and what we had um, We had there. You want to say that? Well, we went with... Um Two inch off the back, two and a half inch off the back. Ran it up the hill to a Siamese, and what do we do? An uh, inch and a half uh, off the one side interior, and then forestry off the one side. So one went left, one went right, and uh, yeah, set it up that way, and then pretty much cleaned house, made sure all the uh, everything around the buildings was moved away, anything that was flammable, jerry cans, uh, riding lawnmower. Kind of scoped out the place. There was a lot of jerry cans. There, <laughs> there was. Know. There was. There's was a lot tough. of things up there. Buddy had probably like a million dollars worth of toys sitting on the bank of the property too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was a definitely big thing. a high end area, right? So, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. That was that was one of the bigger things. It was because again, where we were, it was coming in from both sides of us. Yeah. Our left and right flank, <clears throat> to the north and to the south. Yeah. And so as it was kind of slowly folding in on us again, that conversation we were having prior. And then I think the reason we were as successful as we were is because we had those conversations prior. We moved the things away from the sides of the house so the embers couldn't hit them. We knew what was in the next door's yard, you know, like we had those those um, just little wander arounds, those three sixties that we did. Finding those gas cans and things behind that, uh, behind the garage and yeah, shed there, yeah. Yeah, like it was. We did the right things first while we waited for it to come to us. Um, so there was a lot of legwork that went in on the initial, uh, on the initial stuff, and then just as uh, just as the ember storm started to kick in, and we're Adams at the top of the hill, Brett's next to him. I'm kind of eyeballing down at the 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 uh, Siamese there. The embers start coming over from a gust of wind, and just as that happens, our line blows, mm-hmm. and the, the pressure on the line ended up blowing it clean out of the. Was it, it came straight out of the gate, right? Yeah, right out of the gate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was an interesting 30 seconds of. So, luckily, that was our supply line. Yeah. So, um, we still had obviously all of the reserve in the tank, in the truck. Uh, but yeah, we're looking down and this thing's just whipping. Like, what the shit? Um, so, some quick thinking there, get, getting that broken down quickly was nice. Um, we had enough extra, extra line that we were able to uh, get get ready to rehook up, but not much after that did we get uh, called to move the apparatus. Um, our point of contact, all, all these little um, like dead-end roads kind of had their own um, like team lead to start the night, and ours happened to be a lieutenant from Otago Falls who had a house there. <laughs> <laughs> So he had a real vested interest in making sure that that was a, a super hard point. That he we, was just that we down all, the street, right? Yeah, he was two, two or three houses, houses down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Pretty so, close. yeah, yeah, he was, uh, uh, he says, like, one of the last things he says to some of his neighbors, like, yep, we're uh, making sure it stays safe here, boys. And I'm like, that's a pretty big check to write. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, luckily, everything went well for us. But, um, yeah, so sort of right after that, we ended up getting called back down the hill to a little bit more of a defensive position for the apparatus, not so much for us, but, um, I mean, that was something in the moment from his vantage point, I, I completely understand. Um, we felt as a group that we were in a really safe position and we were in a position that we could be really aggressive if, if, if it ever came there. Um, and something that large scale, looking back, I completely agree with what he did. Um, it's easier to drop hose and run away than it is to unhook hose and get the truck out of there. So as much as we were in a really good spot, a completely safe spot is at the bottom. So, Yeah, I hear you. We did that reposition. Um, and from where we were standing, all of us kind of looked at each other like, really? Okay, well, I guess we're doing this. And then we all just kind of moved. We yeah. shifted ass, right? We got after it, unconnected, like disconnected everything we could and started moving. And then we're like, really? Like, we seem fine here. And then we got down to the bottom. 
And then the perspective changed. Yeah. Because then you could really see what was going on. And again, it's, we, we talk about the detach, step back, look around, make a call. He saw something breach, uh-huh. the IC, uh, who was looking after us, saw something breach the, the hillside. It was coming down. It was moving fast. And at that time, it had because it had just cleared that hill yeah. and hit a whole bunch of trees. And it wasn't until we got down the bottom that we could actually see, oh, shit. Like, yeah, okay, I get it. From down uh-huh. here, that looks really, really bad. Um, from our little kind of secure pocket, which was again like me and you had discussed there, Brett. Yeah. It was kind of like a, it was the hill and a drop and a plane and a hill and a drop and a plane. Like it tiered down towards us, so we couldn't see that. No, but we also had quite the distance to the tree line too. We had the road going up to where the shed was, and then that other road that went up to the top part, to the That's top right. bench. Uh-huh. So I mean, from the apparatus like our truck to to the the fire line. Uh, where the grass would be in the trees, you're a good 50 feet away, right? So, well, I would say about that. Yeah, at least. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. So we were kind of, we had some wet guard laid initially, like we sprayed down the trees and things, and then when we got pulled out of there, it turned into, okay, well, we still got to go back up there, boys. Mm-hmm. The truck is now at the bottom of a, what, how far did you reckon that was? Probably 300 feet. It was a long ways. Yeah, it, was it, was a long it, was it was three rolls of hose for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so then we went back up, dragging all that stuff back up that hill that sucked ass. The only saving grace is we had the game plan that, uh, like I was telling these guys. I want to hit this thing hard. I want to be prepared. But if it turns south, grab any hard part and get out of here. So grab a nozzle, grab the gate Y if you can. Hose is cheap. Don't grab any of that shit if it's really bad. So, you know, if it's a mass panic, it's just drop it and go. If it's we have some, some time, we're going to shut it down. We're going to grab the nozzle. If it's a little bit better, we'll grab the Y. If it's even better, we'll start dragging the hose. So when he called us out, it was a... A pretty quick, you know, turn off the line, bleed it out, nozzles off, and then we went down and we started to leave. Um, so the flip side is we had a lot of this line already deployed up there, and all of the all of our supply line was already it was already ran going up the uh, driveway. So all we had to do was kind of drag it up a little bit more, but then take all of the line to go and actually fight all the way back back up. But at least the 350 feet <laughs> going up the driveway um, was already there. So that was like the only saving grace of the entire move. Yeah. I found that the communication from everyone that was there, like yourself included, and it was bar none. Because it was like, you, this is what's going down, this is how we can do it, and we all just did it. You know, it was, it was good to see that there was not much stand and think about it. It was just do it. Just do it. When it hit, oh, it yeah. just happened. Yeah, because we already kind of had that figured out, which is really, really good. Well, I think we, we talked about that before, where it comes down to that. <clears throat> if you have those pre-conversations and everyone's trained to the same level, we all understand what we need to do to get shit done to get out of there, for one, but even just to get stuff set up. Like, we had our plan as we were rolling. Other people were coming up with different things, right? Let's check the house. Let's make sure things are good. I think Adam was one of the initial ones that opened up the, the shop at the top to check inside, mm-hmm. right? Like, we looked behind the... Um, garage find the gas cans like it's those little things that everyone then started coming up with that made us get to the point where it was like okay we can now sit can take a breather we're prepared we've had the discussion of the oh shit moment if that button gets hit and we need to pull out then here's what we're going to do again on, on the back of what you had said there you know grab the grab the big expensive stuff leave what else <laughs> needs to be and if you've got more time grab what you can and yeah. keep going um, when we staged back down at the bottom of the hill, like I said, like that extra, that extra distance of you know three hundred feet and, and taking a look at what was actually coming down, that change of mindset at that point was was different. And this was as we were getting later on into the night a little bit. It's probably eleven midnight, something like that. At, at that this point, point, maybe earlier, maybe, yeah, earlier, maybe a little bit earlier, yeah, ten ish or so. Mm-hmm. Dark, we got deployed but... around seven thirty. Right. Um, we hit we hit the mountain side at around eight thirty ish. So yeah. I think we were probably we were probably set up for a good hour before things really started to pop off, and then again the ship. So yeah, we were probably pretty close to ten plus once uh, once it crested. 
and then we ended up having to get repositioned down at the base of the hill. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, again, like we said, from there, then it was, it was back up the hill. And because of the situation of the fire coming down, we then had to reassess how we were going to set ourselves up. Because initially we had Adam and Brett on the hose at the top of the hill. Mm-hmm. There was going to be some sort of change out. If somebody started to get tired, we switch. And then me watching around for the ember kind of stuff. And then Ash on the mid-ground. Then again with eyes down the hill. And then with Gus, obviously same thing. A little bit more of an elevated position to be able to see over towards the, yeah. the expensive toys so that we could have covered that. Well, now we're down the bottom of the hill. And that stuff needs to change. Because now again with the fire that's coming... We shifted positions all together. So, Adam, which way? Because you went on the other side of the house at this point. Yeah, so you guys ran up that 800-foot driveway. <laughs> and uh, so I actually grabbed the pre-connect and headed into the neighbors between the two houses and uh, made it a couple hundred feet and had to grab three sets of Clevelands, make it out to the back side of the property, set up with nozzle there. So that was the initial game plan there. So I was at the neighboring property. And then right next, a couple houses down, or I guess a house down, was... Uh, a neighboring department defending those houses as well. Mm-hmm. So we had a basic strong line of defense throughout everybody's backyards and up the hillside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then, because uh, we had we had our line coming off, but initially, I think Adam was on off truck, right? I, yes. Initially, yeah, yeah, I ran the pre-connect. Yeah. But then, mm-hmm. due to complications with not enough pressure in the hydrants, aquifers getting drained, consumption of water kind of disconnected that and utilized the swimming pool that was in the backyard <clears throat> gus ran out the uh pump and set it all up and there we go started using the pump and water right out of the pool yeah mm-hmm. yeah it seemed to work well eh? it did the job yeah yeah yeah, yeah the next morning when we went back to grab the pump and stuff <clears throat> the pool looked like it was still full and you put a lot of water out, man. It was a big pool. It was a big yeah. pool. Yeah. <laughs> got some straps still connected to that post, probably. I got it back. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well done. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a. It was a busy next few. So there was there was that kind of lull, right? At that point, then it's like you wait, right? And we could hear all the traffic on the radio. Um, one guy more than the others, I think, at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was some there was some heavy heavy radio traffic. Everybody was going through their the uh, local department's main uh, their main repeater, and then some truck companies. Luckily for us, we we were we switched over all of our operations to our own simplex channel, so we could chat back back and forth freely. Um, but I would say there was. Not a minute would pass without some sort of comms coming over the main channel. And, like, we're talking probably five sort of locations, like five different team lead sort of guys throughout the scene. Um, And then the majority of all of the people that they're commanding were still talking back through this main channel. And it was getting challenging because I'm trying to monitor the radio to listen to all of you guys. And just make sure that everything's good. Like we weren't chatting a whole bunch, but just a bunch of check-ins, making sure everybody's still good, making sure just doing you know doing our job. But there there was so much chatter; it was hard to really tell who they're all talking to. And like some of it was pretty elevated because there was there was some some early excitement a little north to us, and then we were the excitement a, a little bit later. And especially once we lost the water supply that put a whole new wrench in the spokes, right? So we had all the water in the world, everybody's hooked up to hydrants, we're flowing water, wet guards are going good. We were pretty conservative with our, our water usage. The direct wet guard around, so like all of the shrubbery that was around um, the outbuilding, uh, all of the cedar shed, or all the, the, uh, the uh, cedar trees that were around the build, or the uh, house, we hit that, and then a pretty good wet guard, maybe 50 feet up the bank. Uh, we definitely noticed some people were flowing a lot more water, and the fire, the fire hadn't quite arrived yet, which is, I mean, good. You definitely want to have a wet guard, and you think if you're, if you're hooked up to a hydrant, but when there's 20, 30 more pieces of apparatus hooked up and flowing water, you're going to start to drain the supply pretty rapidly, so... And your elevation to where you guys are located Steep on mountainside. right? Steep mountainsides, yeah, yeah so... Um, before the fire even got to us, the water supply was gone. So I hear at one point in time, um, 
one of the one of the officers comes over the radio and says, "Yeah, we've got every alarm on every pump pump stations going off. We're about to run out of water." And I look back up the bank, and this is about the time that we just got reset up. So I'm like, "Oh well, it's about to hit the shit," and we just ran out of water. And there's a handful of water tenders working. There's not many. Like there was not enough water tenders ready to shuttle water. So I make a good call to the chief. Because um, he was starting, the, like, our team lead was starting to ask, like, we need more water up here. We need more water. And he's going to dispatch. And, like, I know it's coming. So immediately I go on the chief to Bob, on the phone to Bob. Bob, there's, these guys are looking for water. Like, can we spare a water tender? Uh, we just ran out of all of our uh, hydrant supply. Um, you know, just getting ahead of the call, right? And he says, well, asks what the scene was, what was all happening. Um, I'm like, yeah, like they've got people coming from pretty far away. And we've got a couple of water tenders. One of them's not quite ready yet. We've, we've talk, talked about that, that in uh, episodes past. But we're lucky enough to have two. So in something like this, we can spare one. So sure enough, a second call comes out. And now we've got our water tender, along with like eight other ones from around the lower part of the valley were uh, dispatched as well. So once the water tender uh, situation landed, it was a pretty good supply of water. Like, I don't know how often you were concerned about water down at the truck, but... It wasn't bad at all. Yeah, because they, we were being conservative, though, Correct. Well. We yes. weren't blowing through water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even once the fire hit, like, you guys were really good with water consumption. You wanted to keep on going, <laughs> but we're putting Adam was, on the pool. It was, it was tough. I think, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, Adam over reach, on the pool. reach a stream and being conservative, you don't need to yeah. flood the bank before it shows up. No, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and that was, I think, what we were seeing a little bit on our flanks, like a constant stream, especially over here on that right, right side. Like, yeah, you, we all, we all know you need a wet guard, absolutely. Um, the temperature had dropped at this point. It was night time, so you weren't getting a lot of evaporation. It was sticking around. Mm-hmm. So how much do you need to really flow? In fact, the the um, the IC, one of the ICs came up um, as we were we were there and we were waiting. And he's like, hey, how come you're not flowing water? Well, we've already laid our wet guard. We're fine. Just kind of, we're just waiting now at this point, trying to conserve a bit of energy. Definitely trying to conserve water. Um, but you know, we've done this, we've checked the houses, we've moved everything away from, you know, we just went through the checklist of what we've done to make sure that our area is good. We're doing constant patrols for ember drops. We've got two guys that are doing that. We're, we're about as tight up as we, as we can be. And he turned around straight and he said, you know, you're the first people that I've come across that haven't been flowing more. Really appreciate that because as you probably heard, <laughs> all the alarm stations, <laughs> we ain't got any. <laughs> and we are low. So like, yeah, yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. It's like, Really appreciate it, guys, and then he went off, which I thought was mm-hmm. quite nice that he yeah. took the time to come and he Absolutely. was obviously checking in on all the different crews, which was yep. nice. Um, so at this point, we're kind of just waiting, and we're just sat there, literally waiting. So, and that was around one o'clock in the morning when correct. that second yeah. page came out mm-hmm. for your tender, and mm-hmm. then we sent our engine up as well. Correct. Yeah. And then, do you know, did anybody else show up on that second round? I think there was about five. Five units arrived, some engines and, and some water tethers. Yeah. Oh, that's just me. <laughs> <Jimmy>. um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think five more ap- apparatus showed up. Nice. Yeah. So. And that was where it kind of, we, we waited at that point. Adam was smart early on. He, uh, he took off his bunker gear <laughs> and switched over to coveralls, which in hindsight, Brett, I really wish we'd done that. Because we mm-hmm. spent basically 12 hours. Uh, well, of that 12 hours, we probably spent at least nine of those, 10 of those in full bunker gear, mm-hmm. um, including when we were checking trekking that mountain initially. Mm-hmm. Which, <clears throat> again, the reason we had thought that was because if an ember lands, we're going to be in structural territory real quick. We want to make sure that we can deal with it. Um, and we were right next to the, the first structure they were able to hit. Mm-hmm. Made sense. But wandering around with air packs, and like if you add all that weight up, it's probably around about 60 extra pounds of gear. Mm-hmm. So when you're running almost on empty, and you're getting more tired and more tired and more tired, wearing that extra gear was probably not the best idea. 
Definitely got our sweat on, that's for sure. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, I there can there still... was a lot of water drinking that night, that's yep. for sure. It's true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of that right up until it wasn't. And that was when it all started to hit. We got a few ember storms that came through. The wind changed a little bit. I don't know if yep. you could see much on your side from that. I could. Yeah. Not as much as obviously you guys could, but definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys got a little bit more action than I did. We, mine was just sitting right up top there, you know, but your your side creeped down a little bit closer. Mm. Well, we had that, we had that one row of trees, which separated, exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so we had that one, which we sat and watched, and then there was that one that was kind of just on the hillside, on the other side of the shop, but all around that shop, the guy had all of his wood chopped, like there was a pile of bark that was behind the garage, like so it was a constant just wet that thing, go back up, check, wet the trees, go back up. The big monster willow tree right there. Oh yeah. yeah. That thing. And it was totally dead. It wasn't actually until the, the It wasn't dead, was it? Like this side, no? No. That was the pine tree you're talking about. Yeah, that's right. There's a huge willow tree there too. That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah it uh it looked like it was going to get hairy quick, but it took a while, <laughs> and it took a lot longer in a while because it just seemed to, it just seemed like we were waiting forever at that point. Because at that point, obviously, it's late. Like I don't think it hit us properly until like you want to say two, three a.m. Yeah, two or three. Yeah, and that was when it was work time, and uh, we went to work as as best we could. I think because Adam, you were over on the left flank, spraying the top of that hill. Yeah, correct. And then me and Brett were going to town on just making sure it didn't hit the line of trees that were on top of the embankment. Because if it got to that point, then we would have had a much larger issue. Because we were watching all the trees starting to candle up on the hill. Falling in front of us. Yeah. 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 Yeah, There was a lot of trees. I was waiting for one of those. Yeah. Tree falling and rolling down the hill. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was some big cracks. And you could hear it going. It was like, oh. Well, that one that was in front of us, at the very top near the end. I mean, it was like burning away, burning away. And you could see the bottom of it kind of bursting. It's like all the sap, I'm assuming. And then all of a sudden, the top just <laughs> came down, crashed. And it was like, oh, it might be rolling. But it, the way it landed, it landed. So it was like facing down, not rolling down. Right? Mm-hmm. So, luck, though, that's when you were up there, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think we got, we got really lucky. Especially with the wind as well. So the wind was blowing uphill from behind us, which was fantastic. Couldn't have asked for a better one, honestly, um, for that extra bit of defense. But uh, just we started trekking the hill because, again, like we, we talk about this a lot with the fact that we're structural firefighters. We want to get in or we want to get after, we want to put a fire out. It's not always the best way when it comes to grass fire. Sometimes you've got to wait for it to come to you. Um, which Ash actually ended up bringing up a little bit later because we still wanted to get after him. But hey, it was really tough to wrangle these guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, we got up, we doused a good chunk of what we could reach from where we were, trying to hit between the trees and making sure the trees that were there didn't mm-hmm. end up catching, which was the big thing, trying to keep that one side away. Yeah, I think a really good point. Um, Todd just gave me a little nod here. Um, so, Todd actually wasn't home. He was away. <laughs> I, miss, I missed all of it. I was drinking beer in Nelson. <laughs> yeah, which as was Scott. So, like, we could only take one guy that wasn't here. <laughs> so, Todd won. <laughs> Scott's actually awake uh, doing other training. Uh, but, um, so, while while he's away, obviously, he's seeing these uh, call-outs go out. And my phone's buzz, 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 buzz. I'm like, what the hell's going on? So, like, after we work, we... Take, take a bit of a break and wait. And, um, I'm sending texts or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, so we've got report of rank 5 fire that's uh, coming towards us, like, pull-out candling. This this thing's, like, driving towards us. And he's like, bullshit, this, uh, there's no way, there's no way. <laughs> and then, like, an hour later, his brother-in-law gets off of flying. And he's yeah. like, yeah, I know, there's def- definite confirm rank 5 fire coming at you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, so we, we aren't crazy, and this is what what is coming over, so we're just seeing the one the one edge of it, but, like, it was candling 20, 30 feet in the air, like, it was impressive when you walked yourself away from it, but again, like, where where you guys were, um, it was 
you could see the glow, you could see some of the ground fire coming, but you couldn't really get that, that full vantage point of how big it is. And then once you get yourself back, like down where I was for a part of the night where Gus was, you, you, you could really see what was coming towards you. And that, that whole visual difference really drives home like, ah, this doesn't look like much until it is. So if you were standing right next to that now, all of a sudden, holy shit, like, we are in it. So being able to, to get that uh, viewpoint from that step back really changed that whole vision again. Yeah, to speak on that, hiding behind the pool, well, hiding, but not hiding. <laughs> H- hanging out poolside, waiting for it to roll down the hill, you know, then walk out to the truck and complete different vantage point. But two mm-hmm. days after that, online, seen a photographer that took a picture of the street and is like, my lord, the whole mountain was on fire 10 feet in front of us, and we could barely even tell, right? Yeah. Just because of the angle of the rocks and whatnot. It's yep. just sitting on that ledge. But yeah, it's definitely the mountain legit was on fire. Yeah. Like big, big fire. Big, big fire. <laughs> like big fire, yeah. It's super important. You touched base a couple times on it, like with that other incident commander or section chief from uh, OK Falls, like being detached and down further. That's why we're yeah. going to talk big fires and interface fires when you're. Dealing with structure protection, it's super important to have somebody back as spotters, right? Mm-hmm. And then they can relay that on to other section chiefs and task force leaders like yourselves and stuff. And, yeah. And do it. It just You need that spotter set back. And that's, mm-hmm. that's why Dave was out flying as well mm-hmm. with their FLIR and giving real-time reports back to uh, ICs, right? Right. Yeah. yeah pretty, pretty gnarly. Yeah, it was, a, it was a long and fun and interesting night. Um, but we did end up having... One casualty, and I talk about we as in all of us, as in a group, because we were all there trying to do the same thing. We ended up keeping our... Not a casualty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a loss of the structure. A loss of the structure. <laughs> yes. But we uh, we managed to keep all of our line safe, at least for the, the kind of road that we were protecting. Mm. But further again to our north, um, there were a group that, uh, unfortunately, an ember storm came over. There's a lot of older houses there of which one of them did have a uh, cedar shingle roof, and it went very, very quickly to, yeah, yeah it was it was not great. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our members actually, who doubles for um, another neighboring department, was there, and yeah. uh, he tried to do some work to try and save it too, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. to, no, to no avail, to no success, so. There was one loss. Yeah, not to touch on it too too hard because, I mean, none of us were there. It's, it's really tough to, unless you're there to see what all tra- transpired. The version of it that we got was uh, um, the guy that uh, that is on our hall as well as the other one. Uh, they got called back down to do some, some uh, uh, exposure protection kind of once it already kicked off. So they went back down once it already happened. The big, uh, the big concern then was let's try to put this out, but also let's not let it spread any further. Um, so that was kind of the the main idea at that point. The main task <laughs> was to make sure this doesn't go any further. Let's limit it to the one. It, it's already bad. We never want to see this. So let's make sure it stays at one. And they uh, were able to do that. So. Yeah. And that's the trick with these large, large interface fires. And it's super hard, but it's triaging, right? Yeah. You know, once one goes, how much more assets are you going to put on that one? Or are you going to start focusing on others, right? Correct. So, unfortunately, it's like triage and medical. You just mm-hmm. you have to make that call and move on. Yeah. So, once it got to that point, that hard call was made. And yeah. You know, good on the guys that were there to, to make sure that it was limited. Mm-hmm. So, it's good. That's a hard call to make, too, because we all do this to focus on that house and try and stop it, right? But Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think the big thing like we had talked about is that, that perspective of just knowing what you're doing, having that plan prior, making sure that you've done everything you can to cover your bases, at least where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm sure from down by your view there, Gus, it was pretty interesting to see. Was there any times there where you were like... Uh... Yeah, from the pump deck, it was definitely a different vantage point. When I crested the hill, it was coming quick. Um, but then it stalled, but then it would advance quickly, mm-hmm. and then it would stall, and then it advanced quickly. Quite a bit um, to do with the wind that was coming up behind us. Uh, the When we had the wind coming behind us, it didn't move much. When the wind died down, it would move down the hill. Mm-hmm. So it was it was interesting. 
and also it coming around uh, to a couple houses over, which you guys would not, not been able to see mm-hmm. that it was it was wrapping to around. the south, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were doing a pretty good battle there. Yeah. To keep it off the house. Yeah. It was candling right towards the house. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we were we were sat watching. Yeah, it was to the right of us. Where it was coming down that one draw, but yeah. before it came down that draw, on the back side is where that fire was going, and that's what was and wrapping it was, around. It was moving house. quick. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. That draw <clears throat> down that hill quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that one pretty quick that way. Yeah, is that where Kev? Because Kev was there for a while. Kev ended up, I think, protecting. He said something over on the right hand side. It was that. Yeah, yeah. he was, was pumping yeah. from the tender there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think that turned out quite well actually. Mm-hmm. Adam, you were saying, so what pump do we have on the tender there? It's that three cylinder Kubota. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. It, uh, Kev said it was like out pressure and everything that anyone else had there. Like when, when we heard, we heard something come over the radio and, uh, they were like, yeah, we need another, we need another structural vehicle down here to deal with this quick. And then Kev's like, well, can we just take the tender? Use the tender to do it. So we got on the radio and. Yep. Sent him down there, got on the radio, said that he was coming. Um, I mean, that thing can run a couple lines off of it and, you know, 200 PSI, zero, zero issues there. Uh, got a bunch of line put up the hill and uh, put those guys to work. And I mean, they're just just as capable as as an engine, and they've got uh, all the water. <laughs> they come so. up and they drop uh, half their water yeah. um, with us, and then they go and they do their thing. Mm-hmm. It worked out pretty well. So they were an addition mm-hmm. to what was already there, which was a they was that there was a portable <laughs> uh, bush truck that was there that had a a decently capable pump. Like they were pretty happy with it. It was working well, but uh, the pump on our tender de- definitely performs well. So have having them as an additional resource, and then when they had to go back and fill, going back to the to the pump that was already there was like they could hold the line, and then once the tender came back, they were able to help push it back again, and that's kind of what I gathered from it. So. Yeah, those guys were a very helpful resource that was able to to, to land on on that scene there for sure. Yeah, I'm interested, Gus, uh, from your perspective at the bottom of the hill, because obviously, like myself and Brett, I don't know about Adam as well. Like we never ended up coming back down until six in the morning. Yeah, we just stayed and waited. So, what did you see going on down at the bottom there? Oh, uh, it was an interesting because I couldn't see you guys at all. Um, it was we had good communication, but it was tough to make sure you guys had what you needed up there. Um, but everything was just rolling pretty good. Um, we had our portable tank out, so I was able to pump out of that. Um, our neighboring guys didn't. Oh. Yeah, that was tough for them. Right? Mm-hmm. They stopped flowing water. Oh. But um, we were able to continue flowing water to you guys okay. the entire time. Yeah. We never we never ran out of water because we had our tender there and a portable tank. It worked really, really yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there was once that we were like, oh, we haven't got anything. There was a couple of times of pressure, which I think you had to go down and touch up on something there, Adam, with the truck. Yeah, I don't know. Gus was pulling some levers. (laughs) (laughs) Pulled some other levers, it worked again. (laughs) That was a weird situation, just to touch on that. So, um, OK Falls runs all sports connectors off of a four-inch supply line, uh, which we're not geared up to, like, but we don't run that here. So when when we got there, we made a quick decision. Okay, like we we need a water supply. What's the easiest way that we could do this? So they had their one engine that was placed just to the north north of us, um, with a four inch line coming to it. So they're like, hey, like we we can kind of pony off of our our engine and then supply you guys. So like they were pumping max pressure out of their engine. Mm-hmm. So there was a whole bunch of pressure feeding our truck. So realistically, for the first half of the fight, I don't even think our engine was, or our pump was idled up. It was just all running off, off them. So it was That's awesome. Right. Yeah. Um, but then when we needed more pressure, that that was the, um, I don't want to say the snag, but I mean, trying to get that balance of all that pressure coming in and then getting more of that going up to the top while you're still... It you took know, a second to realize, okay, yeah. they're out of water. They're not yeah. giving us pressure anymore. Yeah. So then we had to switch over, which we already had set up our portable tank. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we got to switch this over. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah, it was... Uh, I mean, if you think about that, you think about how many lengths were up that hill. You think about how steep that hill was, because it wasn't just like a little bump. It was, it was a pretty steep hill. And then you think... 
Not just the hose name. Minimum right? 400 feet of hoses dropped there. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's just a driveway. I'm not being as far as like yeah. There was minimum 400 feet of supply line from their truck to ours and then up that hill. Yeah. Uh, and then all of our actual tag line, right? Everything yeah. on the truck. Well, Brett and I went yeah, and cleaned up uh, yeah. the hose the next uh, day, at the end of the day. Yeah. There was 40 lengths of hose that we used. Mm. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty <laughs> impressive. <laughs> 41, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was the one thing, like, bless you guys for going back up and bless the crew that went and, and relieved us. But uh, at the end of that, that morning, I was like, ah, boys, the best thing that came from this is we don't have to touch any of this hose. <laughs> <laughs> but we did. <laughs> but then you guys did, and I, and I thank you very much. But at the time, yeah. you still got to go home and, yeah. and sleep for yes. the day. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, you guys all worked really, really hard. I can't say enough. Like you guys kicked ass out there. Uh, when we got back to OK Falls and we were waiting for the relief crew, everybody was passed out on the ground. Like we worked all night. Some of us barely slept the night prior. Um, so it wasn't like a twenty-four hour pull. It was like we were going beyond twenty-four hours. Um, we were exhausted. It was a when we were driving back. I panicked. Like, woke up a couple times thinking, like, oh, are we still on the road? I'm not driving. Um, I, I look in the back seat, and guys are passed out back there, and I'm looking over at Gus driving his back. I'm like, I think he's okay. <laughs> Eyes kind of wander down, look back up, and you have that panic awake. You're like, oh, no, nope, we're still okay. All right. And that was, uh, yeah, the next, the, the next day was pr- pretty interesting. We uh, sent out a crew, so it was... Well, Tuesday night, so I guess it started the 18th, um, but then like it really popped off the 19th morning. Uh, so the next day, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we had a crew of uh, of seven out every day. From our department, you guys had a crew out of five, it's I the think. the engine of five, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was really good, and I forgot what the numbers were, but something like 60 pieces of yeah, so initially, so that evening, the morning of the 19th, so one in the morning, and then that next day, it was 61 pieces of apparatus, 143 firefighters, mm-hmm. yeah. which now it's at 170 firefighters, 16 helicopters, 8 pieces of heavy machinery, 4 water tenders, and then night shift is uh, 40 firefighters mm-hmm. overnight. And that's yeah. not including uh, structure protection units, we're not sure on the number of that, there's quite a few of them as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was a busy night, gentlemen, but we did everything we could, and we saved everything we could. Our line stayed intact, we held it, mm-hmm. and uh, right at the end there, when we came down the hill, even the IC, whose house was just down the street, yeah. was very grateful to all of us, yeah. <laughs> just thanked us all personally again for, for what we had done. Um, but it was the same as what everyone else had done down the line. Mm-hmm. It was a good night. It was a really good night. Yeah, enjoyed myself, that's for sure. Yep. Yeah. I think we're all itching at the department, so to make the truck was definitely a, a blessing. Right. Um, mm. Anybody of our crew that would have made it up there that night would have done, probably, well, they would have done exactly what we all Absolutely. did. Absolutely, yep. Mm-hmm. You know, they would, have, they would have kicked ass and, mm-hmm. yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like I kind of said at the start, I could have looked back and seen anybody, and we we, we definitely would have got that job done. But when we were heading out there having this this, uh, crew, um, and we all get along well, um, I think we all drive pretty well. So it's uh, it was nice to have you guys. But on the flip side of that, like uh, Brett said, there it's uh, anybody would have hopped on there, and I mean we just fall 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 back on the way that we train. you know, it was, it was good. On on my side, it was a bit of an eye opener. Being, um, you know, coming into something like like that is uh, not my first time as an officer and something like that. But something maybe that size, um, it was. Uh, <clears throat> I definitely took a lot away from it. Um, there was a couple calls. Carl and I had a really good chat yesterday. Yesterday, yes. Uh, just a bit of a look back and. You know everything that happened, um, and I always look for feedback. I'm like, hey, so like, what did you think? Like, looking from 
all all angles, top to bottom. Anything we could have done better? Anything you think that we really did, did well at? And um, you know, there was a, a couple times I know that Carl and Brett really wanted to make a push, and I had to hold these guys back. <laughs> and I think every time that I walked away, they're like, "Son of a bitch!" Like we just want to go up there and go and do, do some We just more went work. as soon as you walked away. Yeah, I know. I know you it's did. Coming back. And then you got got, got yourselves back, but uh, you know. I think the, the good thing is being able to see afterwards why that was maybe not the best idea. And, like, I'm an aggressive guy. I want to, you know, get us out there and make that hard, hard push. And the hardest thing to do is to tell your guys to wait and to not go out there. Because come 3 a.m. when the shit really hit, if we had been hiking up and down that mountainside for the past four hours, you would have hated yourself for doing all of that and then been out of gas right so we were already tired at 3 4 a.m but at least we still had a little bit left in the tank right so that's the one nice thing with uh with forest fires is that at least especially when you're doing the structure protection stuff is you can generally set up and wait for it to come to you we don't yep. have to push out as far as mm-hmm. as we do right like same with the fires here we've had in the past yeah you know we set up shop down uh, 107th there and yeah sit there and wait yeah. Yeah. But it's hard not to want to do that push, like you said, to get up there. Yeah, and, that, and no, that's what we do train down there is to let it come to you. Because then yeah. it burns all that fuel out, nothing's going to burn yeah. past that point. Yeah. But when you're eager at that point, you know, that mm-hmm. time of night, you're just, you've waited long enough, you know. So you, know, you <laughs> kind of want to make that push, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So, no, for sure um, you do. From my, my point of view on the whole the whole take of it all, that was my first real um, forest fire, like that, that mm-hmm. big been to a couple grass fires and we had those uh, uh park grill fire last year in the mountain wilson road fire yep. so those those were some pretty pretty good fires that we were on but uh you know when we were heading there and we seen that mushroom cloud uh it was intimidating like i'm not gonna lie i was i was nervous oh yeah, yeah like yeah. i was nervous and you know i was expressing <clears> that to the wife on the way there and you know she was knew who i was with so she knew that you know i'm in good hands i've mm-hmm. I got a good team beside me so you know, that was uh, definitely reassuring for me that once we got there and we started communicating and setting everything up and really, you know, assessing the area and doing yep. our, our initial cleanup of the houses around the sheds and everything and getting everything away, you know, that uh, really set me at ease. And, uh, you know, I've worked beside Gus on quite a few fires. So, mm-hmm. you know, having having someone and Carl as well. So having uh, two guys that you've always worked beside for the most part, it, it was definitely helpful, you know. And then having your guys' experience, you know, between between you, you and Adam, yeah. that, was, that was massive. So it was good. Good time. Uh-huh. The Ember Fire, when that starts happening, you know, oh, yeah. something else, eh? It's yeah. like somebody's taking softballs, dipping them in gas, lighting them on fire, and throwing them through the bush. And <laughs> just coming at you. It's like, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, uh, Never seen that. Brett and I joined the team at the same time, so we've spent a lot of time together. We've trained a lot together uh, to get to... Uh, level where we can go out and fight fires with the guys that have been around for a long time and um yeah it's a great crew that we work with um very very supportive um we're all there to get the job done but when we were there <laughs> and the uh, fire started to crest and the embers started to come and the wind picked up with it it was like yeah we're here but we got the crew and it was, it was yeah, really absolutely. really good See, and you could see all that. Yeah. From where we were sitting, we could see the glow. Yeah. We could hear it. Yeah. And yeah. just the hearing sound. it was intimidating. Yeah. So yeah. you hear it clock crackling, and you can yeah. you could hear the the rush of the, the fire going up the trees. and the, It was moving. Yeah, it was it was pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exciting. Like the benefit to having that time to set up the way you guys did and how you guys all worked and communicated is huge. Like, that time for all of you, you were essentially all did 360s of all the structures. Mm-hmm. Whereas on, when we were all up to a normal structure fire, you may only see that one Alpha yeah. side or Bravo side, and you may not even get to see the back side other than the mm-hmm. officer who did the 360. So for all of you guys having that situational awareness of the terrain, what's around you, and where all the lines are, everybody can paint that visual of the scene. And now as the shit's getting real, it's coming towards you, it makes you a lot more comfortable because you know all the avenues, right? Mm-hmm. All your exit plans, your mm-hmm. anchor points, how to escape route. and Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think the one thing that I really tried to do for you guys, because um, I was up and down, I was at... Uh, I just got a page on my phone. Here. Huh? Oh, 
Pinos? That's from yesterday? That's from yesterday. Yeah, that's yesterday. <laughs> so weird. We, so we were sitting here. I and, got mine at the and, beginning. And the wife texts me. She's like, are you guys going to a call? I'm like, no, why? Because like when we respond on I am, yeah. if I hit respond, it'll send her a text for that sure, we're going to sure. fire. She's like, call? I'm like, what? We're just sitting go. here. So it's been glitching. But I mean, we are linked up to... A lot I don't know how many departments right right now. I had, yeah. I had a call come in at the same time for uh, Lake Country. Yeah, structure fire. How yeah. awesome was structure that? Structure fire. I was just like, what? Uh, I yeah. saw structure fire. I didn't see Lake Country. I yeah. just put my foot down a bit more, and then the missus was like, no, this is for Lake Country. Oh, we can make yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we could make it. We did get this. We did get this back. So yeah. <laughs> we could go code the entire way there. Yeah. All right, we're we're coming, boys. Two hours away, but we're coming. But. Uh, yeah, getting back to it, um, you know, with with uh, you know yourself, Carl. Um, I would come back to you guys. I'd go and talk to to Brad. I'd go talk to Adam. I'd go down down to Gus, and then come come back up. So I'm kind of getting most of that, you know. And I'm trying to to relay as much as possible. But as as that shit was happening, you know, I I don't think the initial. Um, plan was as aggressive as you guys were hoping for but what i was giving was hey this is what i see and this is why i see it mm-hmm. and in that moment being being able to just pause and say look guys this is what i see we have this tree line here we have this here we have this big break here you know like once it dies down let's go and make a push so the guys that are coming after us don't have to worry about it coming back at them but at this moment we have this big safe zone. Like, when the ember showers were on their way to us and we could see this shit rolling over top of us, yeah, it's it's definitely freaky. But if that was happening at that tree line, that would have been rolling all the way down to the engine. So just kind of giving, this is my view. Um, you, know, you know, like it or not, this is what we're doing. But I want you to know why. Like, this is how I, I see it from where I've been. So in the moment... We we had time to talk, and I think if you can get that information across, it gives like puts your eyes' mind a bit more at ease. So in the moment when I don't have time to say that, it is this is what's happening, and it happens. And I knew that was going to happen from all of you guys, but be you know being able to have that moment to say, hey, this is this, this is this, this is why, and then you get it right. I think that goes a long long way. It really does. I think from from my perspective, it was good having those other eyes to be able to see those other things and tell me what was going on from those sides. Like, I didn't know where Adam was initially until you told me it was on the left yeah. flank. I'm like, great, that means I don't necessarily need to worry about the other side of that shop so much because yeah. Adam's got that side covered. Uh-huh. We're good. So then me and Brett could focus on directly what was in front of us. And then we ended up setting up our chairs in two different directions so Brett could watch one side of the hill while I watched the other because it was coming in on both of those flanks down into that gully just having that extra information of knowing those things right but not only that the fact that for me at least i know especially knowing the why behind a decision helps me not only get better at what i'm doing for knowing why because now i'm going to look out for the exact same thing next time around okay well this is pretty similar to the situation we're in before this was the call that was made by ash and this is why he made that call makes sense now i got a little bit more information Great, now I'm better off making a call later on. But on the other side of it as well is, we're all alphas. We all want to do what we want to do, and we all want to get after it. But, so when you get told not to do something, you're like, well, why? Because <laughs> inside you're going, well, I think I can, like, I, I want to, you know, like, why can't I do this? So having that explanation of why, at least when you've got the time to do it, it's a pretty big deal, and it helped, mm-hmm. helped me at least. I think it went well, guys. I think it went really well. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Yeah. We did uh, We did a lot. We definitely helped. And uh, we did a, in my opinion, did a fucking good job. Mm-hmm. Well done, boys. Mm-hmm. I was just looking at my screenshot I took sitting five hours away when everything was going off. And <laughs> our I am responding shows 11 departments responding <laughs> to a mutual yeah. aid request. I can make it. I'm only five hours away. <laughs> you probably I, have to I get a ride out. there. But. <laughs> yeah, I missed out. You guys did awesome. Mm-hmm. I do just want to touch briefly, just quickly, on uh, the relief crew that came in after us, obviously. They were there again. We were doing 12-hour shifts. 
Um, they obviously come in behind us, clean up a whole bunch of stuff that we had going on, but then they went up and extinguished everything that we had been fighting yeah. all the way up that hill. So they were climbing and trekking that whole thing after that, mm-hmm. and they kicked it up and closed it down. They were giving that whole street to themselves, though, as well. So it was just yeah. the OFD boys on that mm-hmm. road, and everybody else got put in different spots. So The that's whole right. road. That's a that good a stretch area. and a lot of real estate and whatnot, and mm-hmm. those guys were goats all day climbing up oh, yeah. all yeah. over the mountain. Hats off. To those guys oh, for sure. They were gave but like I'd say we got the shit. They was coming at us, but those guys did some good, yeah. good work the not, next day. Not to mention the heat that they had to do. Mm-hmm. Daytime, 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 daytime yeah. heat. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. had nighttime, so we had. I mean, it was warm. Yeah. But we had it cool in comparison. So correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, good on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, on, on all departments, I think they all, everyone kicked ass. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Any more for any more? No, I think we nailed it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Then, uh, so yeah, Ash, let's, uh, let's roll into the show. So um, let's touch on the Barboys. Yeah, Barboys Brotherhood Academy Radio Podcast. A uh, good group of guys from uh, uh, the U.S., East Coast, um, Maine. Um, right now they're they're crazy, crazy busy. Um they're having a bit of a hard go trying to get some con- some content back out for you guys to listen to, but uh, uh, they've got a ton of stuff out already. Uh, check them out. Really good uh, friends of ours. We've uh, definitely had the pleasure of striking up a pretty good friendship over the last year and change, so uh, hopefully they can get back after it. But in the meantime, check them out. Uh, Brotherhood Academy Radio Podcast. Yeah. Uh, Todd, let's do Stop the Bleed. StopTheBleed.org, yeah, we talk about it a lot. Make sure you carry a tourniquet on your person, uh, take the adequate training for hemorrhage control. And, um, yeah, it's a pretty basic course, but uh, check in, check online. They are rolling out some uh, training events now with certain precautions. And um, to any of the trainers that want to be out there, look on our uh, YouTube and our Facebook pages for um, some content and some training ideas. We want to make it as realistic as possible. Um, high fidelity sims are the way to go with that type of stuff. Uh, you'll learn the wound packing, uh, direct pressure, and um, the different styles of tourniquets, and just kind of the reasons why, and a lot of the myths that are out there that a lot of people believe with tourniquets and wind packing that aren't true, so yeah, get on it, check it out. Yeah. Uh, Modus. Yeah, Modus, um, we got to uh, demo their snagger tools about a year ago, and now since then uh, we've got the hydrant wrench, the um, force entry wedges, the shove knife, um, they've got a ton, a ton of stuff. They're actually coming out with another product that's coming to us right now. Uh, really, really cool product. Um, we should see it in about a month. Uh, it's going to be for your uh, turnout gear. Uh, really good. A really good addition. So uh, look out for a, a video on our YouTube and Facebook for that. But if you like what you see there, uh, hop on their website and enter the code GTFF5. It's going to save you 5% off on your next purchase. Yeah. Uh, may as well roll straight into Ignition. Ignition USA. Um, if you uh, check out ignitionusa.us, uh, it is a um, soft entry tool. So if you arrive to a premises, if it's an alarm call, if it's a uh, medical call, something where you want to be able to leave that premises uh, secure once you leave, uh, really, really good, good unit. Um, there's a video on our YouTube. There's a video on, um, obviously, on their so on their social media platforms. Really, really cool stuff. So check that out uh, if you like what you see there. Uh, DTFF 2020 gets you 20% off. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So, Tanner Olson Band. Yeah, um, he was going to come play for the seminar. Um, however, now that's on hiatus, but uh, you guys have it back again this year if everything goes well. So uh, hopefully that uh, comes out, but go on uh, to the Facebook pages there and register when that stuff starts firing up. And Tanner Olson plays that good uh, good old country, uh, what do we call it, like a country rock? Country rock, yeah, kind yeah. of right yeah. in the middle, yeah. yeah. It's got, rock enough Shaffer. that Scott likes it. Yeah, we got Shaffer <laughs> cooked on it, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check him out because he was going to come play as well, and uh, yeah, bring the bring the family if you register because there's lots of um, other activities for the families to the seminar as well, and you get to listen to Tanner Olson. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
and uh, and then you have us. So obviously, if you've been listening this long, we greatly appreciate the fact that you are spending the time doing this. Um, you know, we couldn't have been able to get to where we're at. Uh, we actually just got a article come through the other day that said that we are number three. Uh, the number three podcast in the world that you should be listening to in 2020. So we greatly appreciate the fact that you've been supporting us for this long. Yeah. Um, thank you again. We, we really do appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, and any reviews and uh, comments that you make, um, again, are all greatly appreciated. So if you do have the time, it helps us be able to get in front of more people that want to listen to something like this. Again, we always say... We aren't the best at what we do, but what we do, we do find comfort in the fact that we do our best doing it. Um, and we try and develop skills that are adaptable to what we do in our environment. And we train hard and uh, we try and do our best. So if you get value out of this, please do drop us a comment, a like, and uh, share with your friends if you don't mind. And again, we always try and say, if you do have the time, head over to our YouTube page. YouTube okay. page has all of our video content, including all of the training that Scott and Todd did for uh, all of our Stop the Bleed stuff, yep. um, including everything else, uh, along with any tactics and things like that we've got. We've got a uh, writ video planned is uh, our next step. So keep an eye out for that. That's all. Any yep. more for any more? Good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Todd. Thank you. Have a good night. Brett. All right. I appreciate being here. Thank you. Adam. Thanks, gents. Gus. Everything's perfect. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for coming tonight, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Stay safe. Stay DTFF.